Here's what's coming up on Hot Takes and Shot Fakes. Yeah, and for me, I was just like, can we please start the game? That anthem was equally terrible to Fergie's the year prior. Time out. <laughs> Time out. We got to go at this. All right, so I had a feeling you were going to go there. So Shaka Khan will not be put in the same conversation as Fergie. That Fergie one was worse. The Fergie one probably was worse, but it wasn't significantly worse. And I love Shaka Khan. This is you know, no disrespect whatsoever. She could still sing, sing, but she missed a couple notes. It wasn't even the missed notes. It was like grabbed the wrong note and held it for 12 seconds so that everyone who is not even musically gifted or can't even hear could hear. I'm not going to say anything on Twitter. I'm not trying to go there because... Josh, you know better. There certainly was. Certain situations, it's just not worth it, man. No, I know, but I was like, this is terrible, right? Like, I was, I was looking around, I'm like, this, this is awful. This is Hot Takes and Shot Fakes, presented by Hoop Magazine. Here are your hosts, Josh Everly and Jabari Davis. We are back, and we appreciate you tuning in to Hot Takes and Shot Fakes, episode 100 this week. Jabari Davis and Josh Everly back here with you once again, as usual, with Jamie Oppenheim running things behind the scenes. Remember to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast in all the appropriate places, as well as to keep that feedback coming via Twitter. We always appreciate that. That's at Josh Everly, at Jabari Davis NBA, and at Just Op for the show. Uh, some topics today will include uh, our basic reaction or overall reaction to All-Star Weekend as a whole. Uh, we'll give our thoughts, our direct thoughts on the dunk contest, uh, of course, including that controversial finish, uh, and offer a couple suggestions each you know, in terms of uh, tweaks for the contest. Uh, we'll also, of course, we'll jump into the actual All-Star game and we'll you know, discuss the format as well as, the, you know, the execution. Uh, and then, of course, the, you know, the, the result that we got down the stretch. Uh, we'll also have to touch on the Cavs, you know, parting, you know, they decided to part ways with John Bayline. Uh, but we also have to, do, you know, kind of get into some of the other questionable things they've done as an organization over the last half, half decade or so. Uh, and then we'll wrap today's show with some storylines heading into the second half. Uh, you know, it seems really start to ramp up their playoff push. But before we get going, how are we doing this week, Josh? Doing well. It's uh, it's I was I was reflecting on this a little bit last night, but it it'll be the first time since we've had this podcast, and probably the first time since anyone was paying me to talk about basketball in any capacity, where All Star Weekend ended, and I had mostly positive things to say. So. <laughs> I can appreciate the, that you at least threw in the mostly because I, I don't necessarily anticipate everything being positive, but I'm not going to lie to you. This, this, was, this was probably my, uh, the most fun I've had for All-Star Weekend in 15, 20 years. Now, that's not to say that, you know, the last 15 to 20 of them didn't have moments and didn't have things I, you know, that, that I was able to enjoy. But, you know, from an overall standpoint, I really, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed this weekend. Yeah, me too. Um... I mean, I, I'll, I'll nitpick Friday and Saturday, and I still think we could do more. But my biggest complaint forever is that the All-Star game is a joke. And it's, it's not worth the time, effort, and, and thought that goes into it when it's a glorified layup line. And to see the guys really competing last night and arguing with the officials and fans on Twitter trying to make genuine hot takes about defense and flopping, you know, uh, <laughs> You, you knew it was a real atmosphere out there. Like, it, it was contentious, it was competitive, and I think that's what everybody really wants. No, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you, you know, you're, you, the, you know, any criticism you have about Friday and Saturday, you know, they'll probably be warranted, you know, because you look at it. The, cele the celebrity game is what it is. You know, I, I don't expect anything out of that. That's really for the kids, for, you know, for them to enjoy, you know, some of their, you know, some of the stars out there running around. Uh, the Rising Stars game – you know, while it's mainly still a track meet, you know, basically of you know, that consists of threes, lobs, and dunks. I thought it was, you know, I thought it was pretty effective in t in terms of showcasing some of the younger guys. Uh, and you know, so what? Well, I guess we'll start there. What were your biggest complaints with Friday and Saturday? Well, I I can never get into the celebrity game. Like I've I've tried. I always start out watching it and get through the intros and. I'm just not that in. It's just not fun to watch those guys hoop. And I, yeah. every year I'm like, who the hell is that? <laughs> Granted, like white Canadian isn't the, the demographic that the NBA is looking to, you know, enthrall all the time with the celebrity game. So I'm, I'm like, I'm cognizant of that. But like, they were talking about so how so and so has like the fourth most views on YouTube this <laughs> month or something for one of the I was just Yeah, man, like, I remember when like Scotty Pippen played, Justin Bieber played, and like recognizable names and faces. And as happy as I was to see Darius Miles out there, it, it just, just does nothing for me. So 
if there's people who enjoy that, great. But the celebrity I, game is what it is. Um, I got to be honest, but the, you know what? You know, just to, you, before you move on, the Darius Miles aspect of it was really the only thing that I liked. <laughs> and it was just because, to be honest with you, I was stunned. Now, look, I am an out of shape, you know, individual sitting in my, you know, sitting in my house right now doing a podcast. So that's official for the record for the folks that was, you know, will, will say something about this criticism. I was shocked that Darius Miles ran like that because he's, you know, he's been a professional athlete and he runs worse than I do. And I'm older than him, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but now he's living, you know, the, the afterlife on professional athlete money. And that's true. I'm guessing that's running true. running isn't an everyday reality. Uh, it, it doesn't appear to be. No, but like in the Rising Stars game, it's usually not fun. It's it's like a dumbed down version of the All Star game with with zero defense and guys messing around. And they tried to do this world versus USA format, and it's not really been. I would love to see them scrap this. Make it a one-on-one tournament. Make it a three-on-three tournament. Make it a two-on-two tournament. Give an outrageous purse. You know, like the we've talked about all stars getting a million dollars and that not necessarily being a huge incentive for stars. You put a million dollars on the table for a lot of these guys who are just getting into the league. You know, been here a few months, been here a year and a few months, whatever it is. You know, I think they're going to come out and play. And if it, it was like two-on-two or one-on-one, and the winners took home two million, I I think it would be super fun. I think the players would be into it. It'd be a lot better than what we've gotten because it, it, it just doesn't it doesn't excite anybody. And like, you know, as as much as, you know, obviously I'm a Luca fan, I like seeing him shoot from half court and nah, it, it just it doesn't have any any drive. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I wouldn't mind seeing all types of tweaks. And and this is this is one that I'm you know, it's kind of is gonna kind of be the overarching uh theme of this show. I want to give the NBA credit for this because I, you know, look, I was skeptical when, you know, when they announced the, you know, the new format and some of the tweaks that were coming out, I thought, okay, I get it. You know, we're all, you know, mourning Kobe, but how is this going to play out? You know what I mean? Like how, how is this actually going to look, especially, you know, you got all these moving parts on the fly, you know, and I was worried about that, but outside of, you know, some of the legitimate complaints that, you know, that you just listed, I, I really think the NBA nailed this. So I, circling back, I would have no problem, you know, whether they wanted to go to a one-on-one tournament or three-on-three tournament or any adjustment that they make, because at the very least they're trying. And I can appreciate that. Yeah. And I, I mean, Adam Silver's shown a, a willingness to adapt and innovate and let's just, let's just keep that going. You know, someone said last night, as I was, you know, ending my kind of feedback on the changes and what I want to do, someone was like, you people will never be happy. And <laughs> Like, I was happy. Like, all, all night I was tweeting about how much I appreciated the game being competitive. But, like, there's always room to improve, right? So, let's, let's – we're on the right track. Like, let's make this whole weekend fun. Because, you know, the last quarter and a bit of the All-Star game really was a ton of fun. And why can't the whole weekend get to that level of fun? That's, that's, that's my thinking. I'm, um, absolutely, I'm absolutely there with you. My bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are, are you a big Saturday night – are you a, are you more a Saturday night guy or an All-Star game guy? I'm definitely – you know <sighs> – it's, it's rough because, you know, coming up, I was definitely a Saturday night guy more than the All-Star game. Uh, you know, every so often we got, a, you know, we, we got a, you know, a really great, you know, showing or a great performance in the All-Star game. But Saturday night was my night because I was always interested in the three-point contest and I was always interested in the, uh, you know, in the dunk contest. Now, admittedly, I've kind of fallen off when it comes to the skills test and even the three-point contest. But I still, you know, even though I'll talk mess about it or like, you know, or downplay it, I still watch the dunk contest every year. And, you know, even if I say that I don't, I do because I want it to be great. And I think I think there were some seriously great moments in this year's dunk contest. But before before we you know transition that, did you do have thoughts on you know the, the skills contest and the three point? I'm probably the only person in the world, but I missed the shooting stars. I, I liked the, I liked <laughs> the shooting stars, like the WNBA player, the current player, the retired player. I'm um, with you. It, it was fun, it, and it was quick, and it's not like it took a lot of time. With how much time they waste talking about you know Lord knows what commercials. I thought it was fun. I, I'm okay. The skills competition doesn't do anything for me, but it's yeah. fine. Like, I don't know how you would really make it that much more fun. The three-point competition, I, th- I think, is usually great. And if you're one of those people who doesn't like it, I, I mean, get on an NBA court and try to shoot some threes. Because yeah, you got to appreciate when, when, when they're just stroking six, seven, eight of those in a row. Um, that's not an easy thing to do. So I think, I think if, you, if you've hooped, you appreciate the three-point competition more than if you don't. And then well, same as you, I mean, the dunk competition, I complain about it most years, mm-hmm. um, but you always watch it. And, and the, to, to be honest, the, was it four, are we four years ago now where Gordon and Levine went the first time 
and Gordon went over the the hoverboard and the, the mask. Like that was the the best dunk contest save Vince Carter. It's over in 2000, 2001 ever. So it's not like it's it's been forever since we've had a really good one. I was just gonna say, was that really four years ago? I think what? so. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. You're 100 percent right. You're 100 percent right. So let me get let you know. Since we're on the dunk contest, let's go ahead and talk about it. Uh, okay. you, know, you know. So actually, no. G- give me your thoughts on it first. Okay. Here are my two things. One, the dunk contest. It, it's tough not to repeat things, right? We've seen it all, and and the in-game dunks. I'm I'm on to in-game dunks are better than dunk contest dunks because the heat of the moment, the points going on the board, and like the the disrespect, violence, physical contact really make a great dunk to me. Like Scottie Pippen on Patrick Ewing, or Blake Griffin on Moskov, or Vince Carter over Sean Bradley. Vince, uh, sorry, Tracy McGrady over Sean Bradley. Like whoever it is, like the contact and the disrespect afterwards really make the dunk. And so that's hard to replicate in the NBA because, you know, guys will go stand up there for you to dunk over, but nobody wants you to grab their face, smash your crotch into it, and, and flex <laughs> over them, you know. But, yeah. that, but that's what gets people, you know, throwing beer in the air in real life. So it, it, it's tough to, to find that intensity in, like, a gym recreational atmosphere. So that's one. And two, it's the judges wanting to not hurt any, any feelings. And I'm sure there's an NBA yeah. directive of, like, you can't give less than an eight or, you know, judge easy. But like I was watching a video of all the hundreds we've ever had in a dunk contest. And it was like 21 minutes. Uh, you know, there's too many fifties. There's too many 49s, too many 48s. We need like sincere judges who are like, we've seen you do a 180 off the side of the backboard. We've seen this a billion times. That's a six. That's a five. You know, like we, we it, it's just blurred what a great dunk is and isn't. So, so to that point, if you could just make two tweaks, what would they be? Um, sincere judging. So, okay. Like, like genuinely, like, I don't know, give them some sort of a rubric. I'm not even joking. Give them a rubric beforehand. Tell them, you know, you get X amount of points for athletics, X amount for showmanship out of 10. And you, and you have to like justify your reasons. It's not nine or 10 every time. Yeah, or, like- or we go to social media. And my idea last week where we talked about, you know, placing the all-stars via like a social media vote, we could do that on the dunks too. There's three minutes after each dunk for you to vote. I want you to give it out of 50 and they take the the average or whatever. And I'd be into that just to, because like it's been annoying watching judges do this and you're like, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, the result, I was annoyed. I was out with friends. We were at a bar, we were watching it, you know, playing darts, having a beer at the same time. And, um, I was super annoyed. Like not that, this, this last dunk contest doesn't touch what Gordon and Levine did four years ago, and it's not all-time special. I won't remember it, to be honest with you, five years from now. But Aaron Gordon dunking over Taco Fall, that was it, man. That, that, should, have, that should have been the contest. It was over. Him not winning again was super annoying. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's, it, that's just me. Is it possible that Aaron Gordon no, – because this is the number that I have. I think he's got five of the top ten you know, dunk contest dunks ever and, and two L's to show for it. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. I know he said after the, the game contest that um, he's done with it. He feels like he's won twice, and I feel like he's won twice. Like, I'm telling my kids, Andre Iguodala won <laughs> back in the day, and Aaron Gordon's won twice now. Aaron Gordon's dunk over the mascot is probably the greatest of all time, and I'm a Vince Carter fan, and it's over as classic. And the first time I saw a honey dip, I almost died, almost broke my arm trying to replicate it in the driveway. But, like <laughs> – Aaron Gordon has just done some sick stuff. And I know he didn't, he didn't clear Taco, but we're in double OT. He put, and Aaron Gordon is like 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and he's standing next to Taco, and he looks small. He, he looks looked, like a little kid. He looks so insignificant. And, yeah, he, he you know, touched him with some parts on the way over the top and put a little <laughs> weight on the, the, the top of the neck. So it wasn't perfect. But, man, after what? How many dunks in is he? He's, he's six dunks in. And he goes and grabs like a 7-2 human and threw it down. And they were like, nah. Yeah, that, and, 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 and I agree. Uh, you know, to your point, it's, it's all the way at the very end. If you're criticizing that, oh, he didn't clear him, which you know, a lot of people were, you know, whether it was on social media or, or there on the broadcast. Uh, honestly, you know, what are you expecting? So I'm, I'm going to kind of cheat. Because I, you know, I do have an, you know, I do have two tweaks that I'd like to see for, but one of them was specifically to, you know, uh, I was gonna say last night, but you know, to a few nights ago. You know, the, okay, 
I, I didn't want to be, you know, be that guy. I was happy, you know, for Dwight that, that he was in the mix. I was happy for, but the NBA, and this is my main criticism. They dropped the ball in this case, instead of doing the whole ceremonial, you know, like, Oh, Shaq's going to put, you know, they're going to bring the Cape out to him and, and do that, you know, where he, where he puts the Cape on and kind of just does the same dunk that we, you know, that we've seen. And, and, you know, not to, you know, not to completely poo poo that because it was a fun moment. They could have really gone ahead and, and kind of rectified the fact that Zach Levine wasn't in it. And it was you know, when it was pretty apparent that he wanted to be in it. What do you think about this idea? Rather than do the whole, you know, Cape thing, you, you surprise the crowd. You, you, you shock all of us, you know, completely. You bring out Zach Levine for that moment. He's got a Kobe jersey on. Dwight pulls off, you know, like, you know, the deal, you know, exposing the Kobe, you know, the Kobe deal, the Kobe deal on his chest. And you have them compete for just a random three dunk dunk off where they're doing Kobe dunks. And it, and it, you know, something of, of that nature, as opposed to kind of like the low hanging fruit of, oh, well, let's just do the sentimental. Oh, hey, look, this is what I've got on my chest and Shaq's there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm I, I'm not down with this because it's already too long. And, and I, I've seen Zach Levine dunk. And, and I've had enough. It's good. But at the same time, like, it did feel, like, forced. And it, it just felt contrived. And I thought, like, let's just try something else. And my, and my only real thought was, was that Shaq is not for this at all. Like, I, no. I, I do no. not believe one no, did. not. With how, how many tears he spilt over the nickname being stolen or borrowed or, you know, co- co-franchise over the years. No part of me believes that he's just, like, good with this. He's just doing it, you know, for appearances and, and the Kobe's sake. And I I don't know. I would just – I'm glad they got Dwight out of there. I was kind of I was kind of worried that, like, nostalgia and, and the need to, you know, tribute, give tribute to Kobe was going to just lead to Dwight winning a stupid dunk competition. I'm glad – that didn't happen. Um, I bet I know. I bet I know the moment where you actually thought that was when he did that. Actually, actually, really nice reverse where it was. I don't. I don't know what the dunk was called, but when it was like the three, you know, the the one eighty to three sixty with the arms kind of swinging, that was nice, man. I'll be honest. I, I didn't expect that out of him at thirty four. Well, and he's nice. And you know what? You know what? I watched. What, what, there's another couple. My girlfriend and I were out. There's another couple watching with us. Neither of them are basketball fans. And, uh, but my buddy's girlfriend, which our wife now, was, was quite into it. And she was like, that guy's better than that guy. And she's giving me all her critiques. And it was really funny watching with someone who's never seen like a, a dunk before. And every time he's like, well, yeah, I mean, he caught it and he spun a little bit, but that doesn't look too hard. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's remember that like not even the average NBA player can do most of this stuff. Like, exactly. I can barely grab rim these days. Like the average human is struggling to grab mesh. Like let's just remember exactly. that, that there is some insane feats of athleticism there for sure. It, I think it's easy to take, you know, take that type of stuff for granted for even us, you know, when we see it, it it's, it's become so normalized, but yeah, like let's, let's pump the brakes on, on saying it's easy because it, there's no, there, there isn't a single thing that, that they, you know, we saw over that weekend that was easy. But she got into it. She got into it when uh, Aaron Gordon didn't win at the end. She was like, but he didn't even win. <laughs> like, like, she, she, was, she was pretty heat sometimes it's really fun to watch hoops with non-hoops people man just because some is. of the reactions like you've been at it so long you've been watching you take some of it for granted and just seeing like you know the the less than casual fan really takes some of it and is, is quite enjoyable you, you know what? you're 100 percent right because i had that experience i had a, a bit of an impromptu a family reunion out here and out here in the middle of the desert over the weekend and i was watching the game with a bunch of family members and or the festivities off and on with a bunch of family members and and at one point i think it might have been during the you know either the um it might have been during the uh you know, world versus usa game where they were like you know one of my aunts or somebody said wait a second i thought you said that was a travel <laughs> And we all, all the guys, you know, all the, you know, the folks that were NBA, NBA fans there, we all laughed and said, basically said like, yeah, but <laughs> they're not calling that. They don't even call it in the real game, let alone in, a, in, in an all-star competition. All right, just quickly, my other, you know, my other recommendation, and this is also never going to happen. And you've kind of, you know, we, we've had this back and forth on here, but I'm going to stick to it. When it comes down to a tie at the end, especially if you're going to have these, you know, cockamamie judges that are you know, like that, that are too scared to you know make a decision or too unable to you know you know do you know do their math properly, you got to have a dunk off and 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 you, the last two people, you got to dunk on them, man. 
you got to dunk on that guy. He's, you know, whether you want to give that guy, he's got to stand a couple feet behind the basket and you start from the free throw line or whatever the case may be, however you want to set that up, but you got to get, you have to dunk on your opponent in order to, in order to break a tie at the end. You know what? It would just, it would never happen, right? Like, I know, but we used to play, we used to play a version of this. There's a courtyard in my junior high when I was like 13, 14. Dunk ball. Yeah. We call the battle dunks. Okay. And uh, yeah, there was an eight foot net and you could adjust it. Right. So we'd set it up in the middle of the courtyard and all the girls would be like, you know, sitting watching us, you know, hurt each other for, for laughs and pride. And uh, one guy would start under the basket, try to get out and stop it. And you would try to just cram one on them. And I mean, it's a good time, but I don't think NBA players are here for it. I don't think anyone's, anyone's trying to get that frame forever. Um, on the other end so I gotta be honest with you I think they would man I think the younger guys would definitely the older guys like Dwight if he's in that situation he's probably thinking yeah maybe maybe not at 34 I maybe I don't want this contact uh you know especially in a game that doesn't necessarily matter but I think some of those younger guys especially given the fact that they probably came up especially when they were younger before they could dunk they probably came up playing dunk ball I don't know again I agree it's probably never going to happen but I I stay I stand by that should be uh that should be an option especially in that case all right, but uh, do you have anything else on the on the on that contest? No, let's go to All Star game. Yeah, let's go ahead and go to the All Star game. Okay, so before we get to the structure, let me let me get your thoughts on the tributes because I thought I thought the Dr. Dre one was fantastic. I thought what they did, obviously, you know, excuse me, uh, with Common being the MC and you know and and you know you know, you know, you know performing his spoken word and you know kind of giving his testimony to you know, not just Kobe, but you know also Dwayne Wade and you know and just kind of all around. I thought that that aspect of it was great. Yeah, and for me, I was just like, can we please start the game? It was like 48 <laughs> minutes into the show before we even saw them getting ready for tip. And uh, it was way too long, and that anthem was equally terrible to Fergie's the year prior. Time out. Time out. <laughs> Time out. We got to go at this. All right, so – and, I, and I, I had a feeling you were going to go there. So Shaka Khan will not be put in the same conversation as Fergie, and this is why <laughs> – that Fergie one was worse. This is just a recency bias the, uh, situation. Go back and listen to the Fergie one. Go back and look at their reactions. It pro- it, the Fergie one probably was worse, but it wasn't significantly worse. It was. You're right. You're right. It, it, it was pretty bad. terrible, man. It was like bad, man. Like, look, and I love Shaka Khan. This is you know no disrespect whatsoever. She could still sing, sing, but she missed a couple notes. And she and and she went for it. So I understand, especially given that you know, you know that that was the largest audience that she's probably had in a while. And and that's no disrespect or shade, but that's just being real. Um, but yeah, it's it, not even the it wasn't even the missed notes. It was like grabbed the wrong note and held it for twelve seconds so that everyone who, who's not even musically gifted or or uh, can't even hear uh, <laughs> hear the difference could hear. And I was like, I'm not going to say anything on Twitter. I'm not trying to go there because I don't know. know Josh, you know better. There certainly was. Certain situations, it's just not worth it, man. No, I know. But I was like, this is terrible, right? Like, I was was looking around. I'm like, this this is awful. Um, And you know what? For Common, like, again, his spoken word, it didn't – it didn't – nothing for me. Some of those rhymes were pretty questionable. I was, like, falling asleep. I'm ready to move on. But I looked around at the people in that crowd when they were showing uh, the faces and they were enjoying it. And I, and I saw Dwayne Wade, you know, tearing up and, and the people that he, he put that out for um, were impressed with it. And I have no problem standing back and saying, Hey, this isn't for me, but he's obviously talented and it obviously registered with some people. So, so I'm good on that. I think it might've been a generational thing because I was in a, I was in a room full of people. And all the old heads were like, oh, Shaka, that's right. And all of us, well, actually, I'm, I'm technically an old head now, but I was along with the younger crowd. <laughs> all of us were like, all right, Shaka, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's go ahead and wrap this up before we get the Apollo clown out here. Stop this. Stop this, please. Stop hitting those wrong notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, let's go to the format because that's all I got to say on the tributes. Let's, let's right, go to the format. Same deal. So, let's go to the format. I, look, I, let me set it up by saying this. We were both skeptical, or at least a little bit skeptical. Like, I don't necessarily want to speak for you, I, I, but I, you know, I think that was the, the overall tone when we had this conversation, when they announced it. I thought they killed it, man. I thought they absolutely killed it. I, here, here's the thing. I, I was optimistic from the jump that the fixed score was going to be good. 
because that's how pickup goes. That's, that's, that's an atmosphere everybody can relate to. They've tried it in the G League. Zach Rowe wrote a column about this a couple of years ago. The NBA was flirting with getting this involved somehow. Um, I think it worked well. You know, I, I didn't really need both gra- – like, wiping the score after every quarter and then having that graphic on the screen and then having the overall score on the top of the screen and, you know, Reggie broadcasting. You know. <laughs> but, but like – I the fixed score worked like the the total whatever they called it I forget what they called it like the score to get to or whatever worked mm-hmm. and they need to keep that but I I don't need them to wipe the score every quarter and people were like oh that was for the charity I felt the charity was a little here I'm getting the negative out of the way because I have nothing but positive to say at the end of the game but I think the kids for show and PR charity was pretty rough and. Just go ahead and say it. It was exploitative, and I and, and while it's expected, it was. We all know it was, especially because they cut to them after everything. They, you know, they they're cutting to the red team. You know, to you know, to, you know, to the kids in red when it was, you know, when it looked like they were going to lose, and and they know what they were going for. But it was, it was a little bit exploitative, and people running with it bothered me too. Like, oh, someone, someone notable tweeted out that like whoever. Uh, idea was to put those kids in the hundred level and really light a fire under them to get them going. Like that was, they deserve every check, whatever. Like that was a brilliant idea. That was gross, man. And to pretend that the players played hard because of that charity money is disingenuous. The players played hard because it got to the end of the game and they saw that final score and guys, Giannis was dunking on people and Larry's taking charge. Like the tone was different. It wasn't for the charity. I wish it was. It wasn't. You know, they've tried stuff like this in the past. That, that's a load of junk. And well, I will, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I just, I just think, you know what? What is the NBA haul in for All-Star Weekend, too? Because, like, LeBron's game checks are what? If we broke that down, what's LeBron's probably, game check? Probably like, 400000 Like, seriously, probably like four, four or 500000 Like, the yeah. NBA could have given a, a million dollars and not blinked. So, like, you, yeah, so, I – I mean, if you're going to exploit these kids and use them every time you can as a cut for some sort of like emotional pull, then then like really really pay him and let's not make it like, oh, they're going to get a hundred thousand more if they win this quarter. Like, oh yeah, it, it it was that was the awkward part of it. I agree with you. Do it, you know, if you want to do a million and in a and in a half a million, that's fine. But you know, I I do agree. I wasn't a fan of that. I got it. I understood. You know, from an overall standpoint, you know the 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 crowd that they were trying to appeal to it wasn't me and it definitely wasn't you so that you know that, that you know that is what that is but uh yeah like the the cut you know the cut to the you know to the kids at the end i, I just yeah i just didn't like that but we, we we can move on from that what'd you think about the gameplay well, well actually no let me before i go on i disagree with you about you know not resetting it after each quarter i think that did impact the flow of the game i thought that after the you know after quarter one when you know when the west you know, well when you know team lebron came out and did their thing uh you know that 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 kind of embarrassed you know uh, you know uh, team Giannis. and they really and you really saw them kind of ramp it up in the, in that second quarter and then and then once it, you know once it was like the second half of the third quarter it, you know, you could feel that all of a sudden these guys were, you know, were for real. And by the time we got to that fourth quarter, you know, I think you even mentioned it in the opener. You know, you had guys yelling at the refs. You had guys, you know, like seriously getting into it. I thought it was absolutely phenomenal. And I hope that they keep that that part of the structure. I don't think it really did that. And, like, you know, Team LeBron won first quarter by a lot. Team Giannis won the second quarter. I, I don't know. The the total score at the end was what it was. I, I don't think we need to reset the score. I don't need the extra graphic on the TV. Maybe I'm just being, like – you know, grumpy old man on this, get off my lawn. But I, I think, you know, honestly, the fixed score is what did it. And when we got towards the end of the third and all through the fourth, those guys were playing, playing for real. And like, bravo. Like how many, so many years I've complained about no one's trying and mm-hmm. he, everyone was trying. And people being like, why was Kyle Lowry playing? Can't believe he's flopping. He's trying to win the basketball game. Like he's out there trying to win. Is that not exactly what we have all asked for repeatedly for over a decade? Like it, it was awesome to see Harden flopping. So here's one for you. Here's you know, I, I'm actually this is one of the, going to be one of the few times I'm going to defend Kyle Lowry on that. He was playing his butt off, uh, and it was great to see it. It, it ratcheted up the you know the intensity. It, and it obviously, you know, you know, look, I'm not going to co-sign necessarily taking all those charges in an All Star game. Although if we're being real about it. 
you know, like, you know, all these people wanted it to be dedicated to Kobe. All these people wanted it to be, you know, like, you know, to, to mean something for Kobe. Kobe would have, Kobe would have absolutely been about that. He would have absolutely been all for the, you know, you know all of the efforts of Kyle Lowry and some of those other, and, you know, Bam Adebayo's, you know, some of those other guys were really taken, uh, you know, like, uh, you know, down the stretch of that game. So I didn't have a problem with it. You know, I, I may not love, you know, you know, all of it. Uh, but, you, you know, something that you just alluded to, it was also hilarious to see James Harden complaining about somebody else flopping flail in a game. Yeah, but that's what made it That's what made it legitimate, right? Like the stars actually griping each other, you yeah. know? Uh, that's how you know there was real emotion on either side. And people – like Lowry taking the charge in the All-Star game was more beautiful than any of the dunks in the dunk contests. From a basketball purist standpoint, yes. Yeah, from, from like a an effort – like you know what, there was there was some clear like winging it in the dunk contest on some of those attempts. What am I gonna do? Okay, I got another one. Okay, I'll figure it. Out. Like Lowry's out there just like gunning for a win, and I, I think you know with with all of the, it's damned if you do, damned if you don't, because people are complaining about it online. I'm like, would you rather he just got out of the way and they just laid it up a million times? Like that's what we've complained about every single year for forever. So he's out here killing himself trying to get a W, and then you're flaming him for it. Um, Obviously, one thing they got to fix for next year is you, you can't have it end on free throws. That's so lame. You can't yeah, have it end on free throws. To be honest, I, I, I didn't have as much of a problem with that as, as, as you or and a lot of people did. Now, is it sexy? No. But, you know, you can end a regular seed. You can end a game. You can end a finals game. You can end any other game on a free throw. So yeah, like, no. Let, let, let's, let's get, like, you got to call fouls because you don't want someone getting just clubbed. But it can't end on a free throw. So you get a foul, you take it out of bounds, reset it. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to see – although – like the the comedy, the chance for comedy if AD missed that second free throw. Yeah, exactly. Given the fact that he missed that first one, like that actually actually ramped it up. It did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It did ramp it up. I was like, no way he missed. And when he missed that first one, I was like, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, hey, uh, Bomani, the great Bomani Jones calls it lemon booty. I was experiencing lemon booty, and, and this is an all star game. When he missed that first one, I was like, oh, my goodness, okay. Stood up out of my chair, got up, walked close to the TV, as I tend to do for things of that nature. That has not happened in a long, long time. Anyhow, um, the you know, last thought that I had on it uh, before, you know what, I didn't have this in the notes, but I'm, you know, it, you know, if you happen to have your know, best all-star games, you know, like kind of in mind. Uh, but the last thought that I had on it, and you can kind of think of it, you know, like, you know think about that, you know, as I go, was – what this game, you know, and, and of course, we're not going to read too much into an all-star game. But for me, what it showed me was on a court full of the biggest stars, once again, Kawhi Leonard shows that he either belongs at the head of the conversation or right there in the mix. You know, because yeah. I, I, I think, it, you know, throughout the regular season, the reason why I, I, I wanted to make that point, uh, throughout the regular season, it's easy to sometimes forget, you know, just how great that dude can be. Uh, you know, especially because, you know, he he's load managing. He's, you know, you know taking into consideration, like, you know, not necessarily, you know, it, it's a marathon, not a sprint. But, yeah, yeah I thought it was special. And I really enjoyed seeing him, you know, excel in that, in that setting. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I don't think this is too hot takey. You know, people were talking about this, um, I don't know, in, in a hot takey sense. Like, LeBron looks like clearly not the best player on the court, Kawhi or Giannis. I don't think it's that hot. Like I, I think it, it was very telling. I, I don't know. You know, it is one game. It's an all-star game, but it did feel that Kawhi and Giannis were the two best players playing basketball yesterday. And uh, Ka- Kawhi, the way he was shooting in that first half was just <laughs> un- unbelievable. Like bang, 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 bang. In space, off the and, curl, didn't and, matter. On the break, off the pull-up, didn't matter. And Giannis was just dunking absolutely everything. And, mm-hmm. and no disrespect, like LeBron's been at this a long time. The fact that he's, you know, in that conversation is, is a testament to him. But, you know, like there's two younger guys out there who, who were really hungry and were playing great ball. And I, I like to see it. And I think, I think, you know, next year, maybe it's team Kawhi versus team, team Giannis. Who knows? Well, and, and not only that, we can also be honest about this with, you know, because of course there'll be people that listen to this and say like, oh, they're hating all. And, and let, let's stop. Just stop that. <laughs> you know, because I see, you know, we see it enough on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, but by the way, if you do have that reaction, hit us up at Josh Everly at Jabari Davis NBA at just up. Uh, but no, like it, it, it's not, it's not disrespectful to say that a guy that is 10 years, you you know, 10 years or, you know, five to 10 years younger than you, and also a potential all-time great has passed you. And it's not like you're saying, it's not like either one of us are saying, oh, it's Giannis and Kawhi, and then by a mile, 
and then like a, you know like a mile away it, it, it's LeBron he's still right there in that conversation which you know for the record and and this is not you know this isn't a, a unique thought if you're in the conversation in the top three four five in the league that means on a given night you can play like as the best player in the league it just it, but if you're you know if you're three or four or five it just means that maybe you'll upon average you, you know you you settle in that range but yeah so LeBron's still great but yes different you know like it, there was a difference you know Giannis very much showed he is the beast in the league right now Kawhi very much showed yeah, don't forget about me. I'm your, your current Finals MVP, and there's every bit of chance that I could, you know, I could back, you know, back to back that thing. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah, and he might. Uh, and I, you know, like to spin this, let's, let's get off of All Star or head head towards getting off of All Star. But mm-hmm. he, I, I was thinking about this last night. You know, someone was saying because I threw this out. I was first. I was I was first on this Bleacher Report. No hat <laughs> tip, nothing. But I was like early in that game, first quarter. I was like, if he, if he wins this, the only other player ever to have a Finals MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, and All Star MVP is Jordan. You were first on that. To be honest with you, I, I, that was before the game. Yeah, it was. It was just them two, man. It's, it's just them two. And you can say like the All Star MVP, the Kobe Bryant MVP, isn't all that special. You could, you could say that, but again, but it's 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 a game where at least one star every year really wants it, and it's. Mm-hmm more or less the best 24 players in the world. You know what? That That's a nice feather in your cap, man. And he could be on his third team winning his third title. Ka- Kawhi's got a lot. Like, he, he's stacking up the chips, man. Like, his, his where he falls all time is going to be really interesting. It's going to be extremely interesting, especially – and this is something that we talked about in the summer, and I know that you remember the conversation. And those, you know, those listeners that are, you know, that are loyal to us, I'm sure that they, you know, that they will as well, and we appreciate them. But this is something that we talked about. And we said if he ends up going from the Spurs, you know, you know uh, to Toronto, and then is somehow able to then follow up that, you know, by, you know, by making it happen for the Clippers of all organizations – He's going to be in a conversation that a lot of folks aren't ready for, you know, aren't ready to have. So, you know, but we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge, uh, you know, when it comes, uh, because I, you know, like, I, I'll put it like this. I would be surprised. And I'm, you know, I'm one that says like, Hey, you know, nothing is guaranteed. I'd be surprised at this point if Kawhi doesn't find a way to get one over the next couple of years. Um, but the last thing that I had on the all-star game was just, uh, you know, did you, you know, do a couple or, you know, two or three, uh, you know, all-star games stand out to you? Uh, because I just really wanted that, you know, that comparison. Because I didn't feel it was too hot takey to say I think this might be, my, you know, in my top three all time uh, in terms of the results for the All Star game. Um, you know what? The one like I know, oh one is the one where where Iverson led the charge back, and that's the one a lot of people talk about. But I really liked oh six. Oh six always sticks out to me. I can never remember if it's oh five or oh six, but it's in Houston. Um, it ends up being a two or four point game. It was really close at the end. Um, and LeBron ended up winning the MVP because East pulled it out. But McGrady, you know, gunning for the fans at home, made like 30-something points. I just remember that one being a lot of fun. I can appreciate that. And for me, I've, you know, I've stated it on here before, 1992 and Magic returned. And it's, it's a nostalgia play for me, admittedly. Uh, but when he returned and he won the All-Star Game MVP, you know, all types of great moments and exchanges throughout, you know, that, that's always going to be meaningful for me – or meaningful for me, excuse me. Um, and yeah, of course, I did have down here 2001 when Iverson scored 15 of his 25 points in the final nine minutes, you know, led the East back and, you know, that crazy comeback. Um, and then, of course, you know, 2020 with this update and all that we get, you know, we were given from that game, I think it's in there. So last last thing on All-Star Weekend, let's let's hit you with we got a couple notes that our, our EIC at Hoop wanted us to talk about. So number one, um, who's seen their last All-Star game? Ooh. If you had to pick someone, who do you think who do you think's not seen another one? Ah man, uh, you know what? Give me yours. Like I, I that that one caught me off. Let me see. Ooh. Um, I, I I think that the the money pick is probably Chris Paul. Although his, his oh. him throwing down that dunk was definitely <laughs> one of the best moments of the game too. Him throwing down that dunk was like, whoo! Did not see it coming. Like like I double taked it. I was like, was that was that really Paul? Yeah. That plant based life. All of a sudden. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not making fun of it. Believe me, but, you know, because because I have not seen Chris Paul jump like that. You know, like in a minute, in a probably honestly since the Hornets days back in the day. Yeah, yeah Paul, either Chris Paul or you know it, it, one of the Utah guys. And and I hate to say that because they're both young enough that they that they'll make it again. But I, you know, like it did feel as though they might have benefited from a couple guys being injured. The, I know that nobody wants to hear that, and it, and that sounds callous, and that sounds unfortunate, but. Uh, you know, if you, you know, all of a sudden you have, you know, Clay Thompson and, and 
Steph Curry back in the mix and some other guys back in the mix, you know, it might be, it might be rough sailing for him. I think, you know, and I'll say, I, I did say this as well yesterday, but, you know, Kyle Lowry didn't make the game first eight years of his career, was heading down, you know, an out-of-the-league type path and has made it the last six years. Um, good on Kyle. Like, that, that's, that's one heck of an achievement, but he's, he's another guy just due to age. That yeah, it could be Kyle. No, if, if we're being honest, you know, before the Utah guys, it, it's, it's either, you know, you know, Chris, Kyle, and then, again, not to be callous, and, and, you know, the fans that will be upset about it, you know, they're upset because they know it's probably true, uh, you know, the, one of those guys. Um, so then there was the which one is a one-hit wonder. So you kind of gave your answer to that because I guess you're yeah. feeling like it could be the Jazz guys. Um, I might say, you know, the, the, and, that's, and I know, I know how that sounds. If he stays with the Suns and they continue to stink, he's not going to make it again. I, I, you know, my my honest answer is Brandon Ingram. <laughs> okay. You, you, you want to talk about another guy who benefited? You know, maybe due to some injuries, mm-hmm. um, putting up big numbers on a bad team. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that Brandon Ingram will be back. Brandon Ingram was last year's D'Lo, or is this year's D'Lo? So like the question just, I have on that, the only question I have on that, and of course, you know, I have to get defensive about it, but no, the only question I have on that is, do you not believe he can continue to put these numbers up as the Pelicans become a better team? No, I don't. I, I don't, I don't think he'll be featured the same anymore with Zion. I don't think his minutes, you know, at playing at the four, um, not unlike Melo in the New York days, him having that athletic advantage, that just won't exist for him to the same degree with Zion in the lineup. Um, you know, and, and I do. I think this is a down year. This is a year where guys like like Donovan, like Rudy, other names got in because of some other changes. I, I don't know. I don't think Brandon Ingram – Yeah, I don't think it's impossible he's back, but he would be my one-year wonder guest. He'd be my pick. I can um, see that. I, and, and, you, and you know I'm an Ingram guy, and you know that I'll always, you know, I'll always protect him to no end, like, you know, like, like he's my offspring. But I can see, depending upon how the, you know, his career goes, you know, like how long he's in New Orleans, you know, the, you know what the role looks like moving forward, you could, you could very well be right. And the last one, the last one that Ming asked about, who's who again is our editor at Hoop, um, was who, who's who's going to pop off a bunch more of these? And I think this, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna just veto you. And we both know Trey and Luca are going to be there for a long time. You know, for those t- <laughs> for those guys to be starting in year two is. Like that, they've barring health, they've each got seven or eight more of these minimum. Yeah. Um, let's see. Of the guys this year, okay, I'll go against you, you. You know, I was actually kind of being nice about it. It's it's really Gobert that I don't think is going to make it. You know, that, that's going to make it. Um, and it and it's not because I think he doesn't deserve it. Just to be clear, I think Gobert is an all star. I think he's a you know the top big a top big man in the league. Uh, but you know, we, we see the way the game is going, and especially with how you know, the you know the fanfare is going, we don't necessarily see a lot of uh, defensive bigs that are out there. Um, but I'll go against it, and I'll say I could see Donovan Mitchell continuing. You know, he, you know he's got a fan, you know he's got a you know a strong fan base. He make you know he does he does a lot of you know all star type stuff. You know a lot of highlight type stuff. I could see him running off. You know running off a streak. Yeah, fair enough. And you know, props Gobert was really good in the All Star game yesterday. He was. He so absolutely. for all for all the Kyle Lowry and Rudy Gobert aren't all star type all star players. They both played really hard and got got minutes for a reason. Anyway, and let's that, move on. It's enough on all star. Yeah, no, you're right. And that right there, but you know, just you know, just to clear it, is why they should have been in the game. But also the reaction is why I, what I wonder if they will. All right, yeah, let's talk enough. about let's talk about the Cavs because it appears that they're going to be firing now. I always laugh when it says you have to agree mutually agreed to part ways because it's like no man you fired the guy like stop it isn't like it isn't like he came to you guys and said like hey you know what I don't want to do anymore work um so yeah it is what it is but uh yeah and and then shout out to you know my guy at Weston Blasey because his tweet was the thing that kind of sparked this conversation but they're going to be hiring their sixth coach in seven years and the reason why that stands out is because within that time period they went to the finals four times like that's absolutely nuts to me Mm. I mean, this this isn't new. We've seen this with the Kings. We're seeing this a little bit with the Knicks. Uh, you know, bad teams blame coaches when results aren't there. And I, I think, you know, like obviously this John Beeline situation is unique. But, um, you know, we've seen this before. The coach is the easiest guy to cut cut away from when things aren't going right. All right, so let's talk about what Kobe Altman's done at, during his time as a GM. 
He's traded Kyrie essentially for, you know, Isaiah Thomas. He gave Lance, you know, Larry Nance Jr., excuse me, uh, 45, a $45 million contract. Uh, he drafted Colin Sexton over your boy, uh, your boy Shea, and he also has in the tweet, you know, and Michael Porter Jr., although I can't necessarily fault, you know, the secondary one given the uncertainty there. Uh, he gave Kevin Love $120 million over four years. He fired Ty Lue. He hires and fires, you know, Bayline within the same year. How long before, or how long before he's out of there? You'd think soon. I mean, <laughs> he he hasn't um, he hasn't impressed, and the, and his hands were tied on that Kyrie situation. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll stand pat and say that I think they did okay, given the situation they were in, even though they didn't do okay. Like Kyrie had made Kyrie allegedly was like, I'll just sit out the whole year and have surgery on my knee if you don't trade me. Like y- your hands are pretty tied at that point. And as that's happening, he's just stepping into that job. Um, you know, it is what it is. I'll give him a pass on that, but it's everything since. So if they, you know, if they do plan to move on, and this is more of just an opinion uh, uh, question, do you think a respectable GM would consider going there, given kind of how the organization you know, did? You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's out there how they did David Griffin. Uh, it, it's out there how, you know, he, uh, you know, the owner doesn't necessarily, you know, respect the position enough and, and believes that, you know, he could be, you know, he, he should have more influence in, in terms of the decision-making, uh, when it comes to the front office, do you, you know, could you see a respectable guy? Like, I'm not going to even ask about Masai, but can you, could you see, you know, a respectable guy going there? Well, I mean, if you want a chance bad enough, you another chance, you'll take it. But I think, you know, Justin Rowan told me before that, uh, Gilbert's never had re-signed an executive. Mm-hmm. He's, he's never given him a second tenure and it's telling and without getting like I on a who cares about the Cleveland Cavaliers you know without LeBron James they're they're just Kings East they, there's nothing going on there Colin Sexton's had a good month and no one cares no one's watching these guys Kevin Love the the sympathy level for the guy taking that kind of money and then wanting out and maybe there was a behind the scenes agreement that you get in and out or not but it's just like the Cavaliers are, are not the dream job for anyone. And when you have ownership that you're worried might undercut you and you, you don't have an enviable roster, I guess the long about answer to your question is no, probably not. You know what? The one respectable guy that I could see uh, going there, especially because I think he might be uh, on the fight, you know, on the hot seat is Neil O'Shea from Portland. Maybe, you know, maybe somebody of that, of that ilk. And, 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 you know, again, you know, we haven't heard anything. There's nothing out there that he's getting, you know, that he's going to get let go, but he's had a, a bit of a run there. Uh, he's given out a bunch of, you know, or, or quite a few questionable contracts and, you know, made some questionable deals uh, that to be honest with you, it, it appears that he lost his fastball, but I don't want to say that. So I think, you know, I think, I think a fresh start might be in, in order for, you know, for that Portland situation. So that's the only reason well, why I threw that out. I think you know I I think you're wrong on this one, man. Like I don't think Neil Shea's on the hot seat at all, and yeah. and I think Neil Shea's made some terrible decisions there. But if they were going to, you know, move, like he outlasted the Evan Turner, Myers Leonard contracts. So rough. at this yeah, point, playoffs. But but he'll just say it's because of Nurkic. What was yeah. I supposed to do without my starting center all year? And, and I don't know, man. They they just came off a conference finals trip. He's been there seven eight years. I I don't think. I would say he has the comfy one of the more comfy jobs in the league right now. You really th- one of the more comfy jobs in the league? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't I, th- I don't think Por- I don't I think Portland likes him. And I, I haven't read anything to the contrary. So So who so who gets the blame and, and, and no they're not going to accept that it's just you know, you know the absence of Nurkic. Is it is Terry St- so is Terry Stotts on the hot seat? Well I'm not saying should he be, I'm saying is he? I just I, I think Port the, the problem is like I'm not coming from a place of Portland was a contender this year. When we did the picks, I had Portland missing the playoffs. You know, that's, when, Port- that's true. when Portland went to the conference finals last year, I was like, this feels just like a perfect storm where you took advantage of, of, of nice seating and, and you wrote it out and that's great. And Dame is exceptional, but they've got money tied into not great places. I think CJ McCollum's overrated. I think he's well liked because he's a media personality as well as a player. But, you know, they have a bunch of guys there who don't play defense. And Hassan Whiteside, who, who's been, you know, I think better than people give him credit for, you know, is, is a tough guy to keep engaged. I just think on a whole that this roster is not anything special. That's, that's right. my answer. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. We shall see how that goes. Let's good. Let's jump into a couple uh, storylines heading into the second half here. All right. Let's just be, let's just be honest. Can anybody catch the Bucks in the Eastern Conference? They currently hold a six and a half game lead in the loss column. Uh, you know, whether it's the Heat or the Celtics or the Raptors or any of those other teams, could you see them making a move? No. Uh, Bucks. it would be really crazy. And, I mean, that it, it would be the Raptors if anyone's going to catch them. It would, be, it would be the Raptors. All right. I mean, that, no. might, that might be the answer to this next one because I said that I was going to ask you, if you had to choose one team that could legitimately take the Bucks out in the series from the Eastern Conference field, which team would it be? Yeah, I mean, it'd be the Raptors. You're 15-1 over their last 16. Haven't had their starting center. You know, miss Siaka. Like, they've, they've had guys missed throughout, throughout throughout that run. I think when I checked last time, they were at 13 wins. Nine different guys led them in plus-minus. Like, they're just playing stupid, good, cohesive ball, and, and they're deep. So, if it was going to be anyone, it would be the Raptors, but I don't think it will. I, like, I mean, I think the Bucks are are more than good enough to keep cruising. Yeah, I got and, and what's funny is I wish that I could say Philly, you know, because you know, like if they were able to able to ever able to find some sort of harmony, but and, you know, honestly, that that Philly team looks like a team that you know, depending upon the matchup, depending upon the seating, you know, I I wouldn't be shocked to see go out in the first or second round, and that's not because of the talent. There's far more talent than that. Uh, but yeah, I had in my notes it it, it really it, it's really either the Raptors or the Heat for me, you know, depending upon what that, you know, what those Heat moves end up looking like. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah, the, the, the Raptors are probably the, you know the only other team. And you know what? I didn't have it in the notes, but let's go ahead and spend a moment on the Raptors, giving them the credit that they deserve. You know, as you mentioned, they had all types of guys out over the course of that fifteen you know uh, fifteen game winning streak, but they just kept on rolling. I you know I never knew. <laughs> I I gave Nick Nurse credit last year. I never knew he was this you know this bad of a man, and, and that staff was this nice uh, because they they look like they've you know not sk- you'll not skip the beat. I'm, I'm not even. I'm hesitant to even say it's Nurse. I still want to. I still want to credit Kawhi Leonard. I I, re, I really do, because so for the overall growth of of that entire uh, entire roster, huh? Yeah, for all for all the arguments about like winning mentality and experience and all that stuff that you hear about, this Toronto Raptors team was the softest team mentally I have ever seen in the playoffs. The DeRozan Lowry Raptors. Just, you know, favorited, uh, team shorthanded, Cavs hurt, Cavs down for the count, Cavs more tired, whatever it was, they just fell apart, man. And it, you could say it was LeBron, but, you know, there was a series versus the Wizards. Paul Pierce was in their head. Like, they just – they always failed. But they had some sort of new resolve last year, which obviously compelled them all the way to the title. And, and they've kept that going this year. And, like, yes, like credit to the coaching staff and Pascal's taken the leap and Fred Van Fleet's been great. And, and they've missed a ton of guys. There's no way they should be this good. But I, I honestly, they just – they show up every single night and they grind. And credit Kawhi for coming and changing that, that mentality. But credit Kyle Lowry for hitting the floor on every ball and charging and fighting for every possession. I think that, that falls down. Like, as much as Charles Barkley always wants to talk about who isn't, who isn't the leader, I think guys see that. And, and the Raptors play hard. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. I, look, the, it, whether it's them – a combination of you know the influence of Kawhi or whatever they've you know, that that's that is a truly phenomenal story because I yeah I definitely did not have them in this mix I, I if I'm not mistaken I think I, I thought they would be a five or six or somewhere around there uh, it's competitive but not you know nowhere near you know a top team in Eastern Conference all right so last you know last question I have about you know, about them more likely Eastern Conference Finals Milwaukee let's see Milwaukee uh, Boston. Milwaukee, Toronto, or Milwaukee, uh, Philly? Well, right now, Milwaukee and Philly, or Milwaukee, Miami, would be round two. Got it. So, well, a lot of things are, are probably going to move around over the – I mean, given the fact that those those teams are still bunched up. So Maybe. I mean, I, I don't know that that's the case, really. I mean, Boston's two behind Toronto. The Heat are five behind Toronto. The Sixers already have 13 more losses than the Bucks. I – yeah, this could be the top five. I mean, they might shuffle, but this could be the top five. And two through five could, you know, two through five, even two through six could still potentially shuffle over the over the last thirty games or so. Nah, Pacers aren't getting in there. No way. Hey, we had we got to show them some love. No, we show man. Them a little bit of love, even though they're three and seven over the last ten games, but that's okay. The Pacers are the participation participation trophy of NBA teams. They're just happy to be there every year. Like, no. 
no punch right. in power. Um, but I, I still think the Sixers are the, the dark horse. If for whatever reason, they can somehow figure this out, and we don't have to talk about whether Embiid is going to dress or not for every single playoff game because he's hurt. They're, they're still the interesting team to me. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's swing it out west for a couple. All right, uh, can the Lakers hold off teams like the Clippers, Nuggets, and Jazz uh, in order to secure that top seed in the Western Conference, and do they actually need to? Yes and yes. I think they've been playing hard enough this year. You know, the Nuggets still have five more losses. I, th- I think they'll hold on. I think they keep the one seed. And, yes, I think I think they need it this year. I think there's enough. I think all of the top four Nuggets, Clippers, Jazz, Rockets could punch them in the mouth if they're not paying attention in the playoffs. LeBron is no longer a deity amongst men. He He's a man. And there, there might – he might – not only is he a man, but he might not be the best man in a series for the first time in what a decade over a decade easily easily over a decade yeah and i mean if you want to nitpick and say durant no no you're wrong lebron is still better in those finals. but anyway if, yes. if, you know we could be looking at a situation where even in the semifinals he's not the best player in a, in a series so yeah i think i think home court matters for lebron james team for the first time ever so the only thing that i'll say that is i disagree and the funny the funniest part of it is is because of how good they've been on the road this year i i look of course, you want home court. You, you want the benefit, especially you go for, for a series. You want the benefit of being able to, you know, eat your home cooking as well as maybe even receive some home cooking. Whether that, whether folks, you know, believe that exists or not. Um, but you know, I, I just want to point out the Lakers are twenty three and five right now, you know, away from Staples Center, or at least a, a, as the road team, and eighteen and seven at home, as you know, obviously as the home team. So I don't necessarily see it as as absolutely important, but. They, you know, you don't want to drop below two if you're the Lakers, and and I agree with you. I think they will hold on to it. So, uh, are you wait? Are you standing by your Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, or could you see a team, you know, sneak, you know, sneak up and and and, and snuff one of those guys out? Yeah, I I think it's open enough that Denver, Houston, Utah could. You know, I, I like not a great chance, but they got to choose one. Which one? Which one? Which one is going to get taken out? The, the Lakers are more vulnerable than the Clippers to me, but they're both vulnerable. I, I don't think either the Lakers or the Clippers are looking in the mirror right now and feeling like we've got this locked up, which is how, you know, the West has looked under the Warriors reign every, every year the last five years. So I, I think both the Lakers and Clippers are still – that's still my conference finals. Those are still the two best teams, but neither of them is untouchable. Fair enough. Last thing I've got on, on, the, on the, you know, the Western Conference for right now, does Memphis hold on? And stay in that eighth seed. And if they do, can they, you know, can they give us a series? Uh, Currently right now, 28 and 26. Uh, let's see. They've got a four-game lead over the Blazers. Or, yeah, five-game lead over the Blazers in the loss column. Uh, you know, they're way behind, you know, Dallas, uh, who's kind of tied, actually tied currently uh, with Oklahoma City. Jabari, you still going? Yeah, no, Sorry. Okay, and well, to answer your question, no, I, I think Grizzlies are going to fall out. I saw something today that they have the toughest strength of schedule remaining. They've got a ton of tough games, and um, Portland has the easiest strength of schedule remaining. So, you know, uh, to, to your question, if, if that growing, but but if that growing injury has Dame out for any amount of time, I don't see Portland winning any any of those games. Yeah, we'll see. I, I just I I still think the Grizzlies have been a fun story and a good story, but. You know, I, I don't know down the stretch that they're holding on. That's fair. Let's go ahead and jump into three for the road. All right. So with Bayline out in Cleveland, who are the next couple guys that are on the hottest of hot seats? I've got some names here. Hit Brett me. Brown. And the, the second name might surprise you. Greg Popovich. Not because he gets fired, but because he decides to walk away. Yeah, I could see it. I'm also thinking about Dwayne Casey. Um, in Detroit. I, I don't. I don't know that he's their guy there long term. I felt I still I remain fixed that he got a bad deal in, in Toronto, but at the same time, Detroit never felt like a fit. It felt like the team that called, and uh, they're a mess, and they're going to go through a rebuild and and have a new identity. And I don't I don't know if he's the guy there long term. All right, fair enough. Uh, the, the only other thing that I had was if you know is Popovich more likely or less likely to step aside if the Spurs miss the playoffs this season? I would think more likely. I'd, but at the same time, you know, he's got the Team USA commitment. 
maybe he hangs around a couple more years. But I don't I don't know. I don't know Popovich well enough to say this, and I don't really genuinely encourage random speculation. But I, I just don't feel like Pop's all the way in on this anymore. And I don't know, you know, today Damari – excuse me, Damari Carroll's walking away from the Spurs, and the Spurs are going to have to pay him for the next three years. And, um, you know, it was laid out that they – <laughs> they had that money from Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris bolted. You know, they okay. missed out on Davis Bertans. Bertans is 14 of 20, I saw, heading mm-hmm. into the all-star break from 40 feet or something like that. He's just been Jeez. disgusting. Like, I, they've lost a step, you know, and, it's, and I, I would. I mean, right before the show, I tweeted out, what exactly was on the table for Kawhi Leonard? We know that Boston – we know that Ainge balked at really paying. But – you look at what the Pelicans got for AD. You look at, you know, some of the things that were rumored from the Heat. And, and Pop and management chose DeMar DeRozan, which every blogger in the universe was like, DeRozan is not a great player. This is a mistake. This is an awful deal. And I, I, would, I think if we, if we had a full account of what was actually phoned in and offered to Pop and the Spurs for Leonard, uh, Spurs fans might be puking a little bit. Not only that, let's be real. Didn't they also give up a pick or two in order to make that deal work? They being the Spurs? Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, Was there a pick? I thought there was, but Mm -hmm. the the one thing I will say is the fact that they didn't either demand Siakam or at least Ananobi thrown on to what they got is kind of crazy to me. There was no pick. I mean, Danny Green was the throw-in that everyone was like, Uh, wow. Yes, it was also Danny Green. But yeah, yeah and, and I, I don't like really got you got raked, you know, raked over to Cole in that deal. The Cole's in I, that deal. I've heard conflicting reports that that Pop wanted Yakub Pertle, and that possibly Siakam was was in that mix. And I I would love to have someone confirm whether that was true too, because that's just another. If if that is true, that's a huge miss on talent evaluation, right? I mean, Yakub Pertle, which is something that we certainly haven't said about the Spurs over these last, you know, 20, 25 years. No, and, and I mean, it's easy to bang on them, but, like, I, I think, too, we talk about, you know, there's all the talk of leadership and coaching, et cetera, et cetera, but you're, the culture comes from your best player. And I would say look at Boston with Kyrie Irving, right? Look at how terrible that was, how, how not fun that was. And uh, since Tim Duncan has left, it doesn't seem to have mattered that Pop might be the greatest coach ever or that the franchise has been a beacon of stability you know, it's been mostly wrong turns since Tim Duncan has left. So, I don't know, man. I, I, I think maybe it, maybe it's a time for a change in San Antonio. I agree. It's funny. I'm, uh, I'm stepping all over my hot tape, but let me get yours. Can I get two takes, please, and make them hot? Four and a half degrees above room temperature would be ideal. Yeah, well, my hot take, I guess, would be that <laughs> Devin Booker should have been in the All-Star game before the injury replacement for Damian Lillard. And I'm trying to do right by all the Suns fans who listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. who, who are at me every time I do lines of the night, trying to get DeAndre and Devin Booker in there. But Why Devin not? Booker, hands down, was has been a better basketball player this year than, than Donovan Mitchell. And probably better than Chris Paul. Like, I mean, Devin Booker, they, people told him, people say he didn't play defense. He doesn't play on a competitive team. He doesn't play make. He's just a scorer. Just your, like Devin Booker changed his game to be more complete this year. The Suns are better. His numbers were better. The fact that he was in this game was pretty harsh. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy that Devin Booker got in there, and uh, he's going to have quite a few more. Shout out to my guy Justin Spears here in, uh, in, in you know, Big Bad Tucson. Uh, he had me on. He actually asked me about Devin Booker and why he hasn't been an all-star. And my, my honest answer is, you know, look at the, the, the organization he plays for. They've been holding him back. He's had the game. He's shown it. Uh, you know, it, it was unfair of all of us to say, you know, big numbers on a bad team, uh, specifically because that's not all it was. Yes, that you know, that was the case. But, uh, yeah, he, he definitely was held back by his organization. Well, and, and to be fair, though, in years past, I think that was true. Like, in years past, true. I think Booker scored. Because it was true about the organization being terrible. But, but uh, and, and, again, I've defended, like, people were worried about his defense. And he's still not a very good defender, but – What's the point of defending when you know the franchise is going to win 18 games? Yes. Well, why, why are you going to break your butt defending? I know, you know, you can talk about work ethic, blah, 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 blah. I hear you. But the reality is no star is going to break their back possession to possession playing defense when they're down 20. Um, but that being said, like, I, I think Booker was a bit of a, 
numbers guy in prior years. I just think this year that's changed. He's playing more within the flow of the offense. He's, you know, played on and off ball. He's hustling. I, I think Booker was a, has been a different guy this season, and I was genuinely shocked slash disappointed slash hurt for my son's fans, friends, that he didn't get in because I know that that's the highlight of their year. And uh, that, that speaks to the franchise, but – why? See, now it sounds like you're throwing shade, even though <laughs> whether you are or not, that's funny. No, not at all. Not at all. But like it is. Yeah. I mean, it you could ask not. them, what's the highlight of the, the sun season? Book, book, yeah. It's going to be book becoming an all-star, right? Like Kelly Oubre averaging 18, uh, DeAndre Ayton not being suspended the whole season. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to, shout out to at uh, uh, the blunt doctor is that he's one of the, um, He's one of the, the the biggest Suns fans that we know, and he's a, definitely a friend of the show. All right, so my uh, and you know what, and props to you know you know to your point, props to Devin Booker and props to Monty Williams because I you know while I think you know while I don't think they was totally just empty numbers before, I definitely do agree with you that he has improved. Uh, whether it's a mindset thing, whether it's a better setup, or whether it's simply you know having you know you know having a a competent coach and a, you know and, and better fitting parts around him, uh, there you know it, it, it he was it was a well deserved All Star. Uh, you know, Bert. All right. So mine is, and like I said, I kind of stepped on it. It is that Greg walk, uh, uh, Greg Popovich does walk and hands over the reins to one of his assistants. I think he focuses on, on, on helping run the organization a bit better. Uh, and as well as the team USA commitments. And I think it's more than time. I think, you know, last year was the time for it. Uh, but you know, this year, this year made it definite. I think if this is the case, it'll be very interesting to see, how and who that torch is passed to. Of course. Yeah, yeah if, it, if it's not Becky Hammond, if, if, they, if they slid Duncan in there at the last second, if it's, you know, if it's a, uh, you know, a guy like a Tor Messina, yeah, no, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting. Who, whoever's next for San Antonio is going to be an interesting story if he does move on this summer. And, and just to close this podcast, nothing but respect for Pop. I think he is the greatest coach of all time. But mm-hmm. he clearly hasn't been at his best the last few years internationally or, or in the NBA. And I just think, you know, they've lost a step. And you know what? I'm not going to tell anyone it's time to hang it up. When you hang it up, that's up to you. But I could, I could see him wanting to move on and, and change it up a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, he, and, and to your point, of course, all the respect in the world to him, all the respect in the world to, you know, to what that organization has done over the last, you know, 20 to 25 years or even if it's been more than that. Uh, but you know, when it's time to, you know, when it's time to, you know, transition to another position, it's just time to transition to another position. So we'll see, you're right. We'll see how that works out. All right. So for the listeners out there, we'd definitely like to thank each of you for tuning in uh, this week to episode 100. Uh, once again, of hot takes and shot fakes. We want to remind you to keep that feedback coming. Once again, that's, uh, you know, via Twitter and that's at Josh Everly at Jabari Davis NBA and at just Op, super producer, Jamie Oppenheim uh, for the show. And then also check out at HoopMag for all of our quality Hoop Magazine's content. You've been listening to Hot Takes and Shot Fakes, presented by Hoop Magazine. Catch us on the web at HoopMag.com and be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify.